Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Jar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. One of two things are true about Urban Meyer. Either he doesn't know or he doesn't care about the way people are going to react to the decisions he makes as an NFL coach. And I tie this back to when he hired that controversial strength coach at the very beginning of his tenure. And he either didn't know what the reaction was going to be or he didn't care. But they had to change course almost immediately, and that was a little bit of a disaster. If he doesn't know what the reaction is going to be to things he does, that's a problem. If he doesn't care, that I understand, because he comes from this collegiate background. And, oh, by the way, he is as successful a college coach as has ever lived. If he wins in the NFL, everything will be fine. He can do things that make the rub people the wrong way, upset them, whether it's his players, fans, media, it doesn't matter. Winning insulates you from everything. Winning, as they say, is the great deodorant. <laughs> is it Old Spice? <laughs> Whatever one you use, because <laughs> everybody's talking about Urban Meyer, the Jacksonville Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence, Tim Tebow. What a time to be alive! Oh yeah, Jags are the focal point. Someday everybody's going to talk about them as Super Bowl champs. I look forward to that day for sure. Uh, but anyway, it's fun. Uh, any press is good press, perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, for sure. Uh, maybe. Uh, Brett Martin, Austin Lane, Coos here on a, what the heck day is it? Tuesday. Today's Tuesday. It's a long week already. <laughs> uh, <laughs> tomorrow, the NFL schedule will be released. The Jags obviously play a game in London, as reported by The Athletic. Uh, there are 17 games this NFL season. That's a little bit different. That's fun for fans, I think. Uh, the Jags have some exciting games on the schedule. We'll talk a little bit more about that tomorrow uh, on schedule day. I have a couple of brief thoughts on the schedule, though. One being, who are the most entertaining teams right now in the NFL that you really do want to watch in primetime? See, everybody loves the primetime games. That's what they're all waiting for tomorrow. We know who the Jags are playing at home. We yeah. know who the Jags are playing on the road. And sure, you want to set the schedule, and I always say it. I mean... Me and my business, you because you love football potentially. I'm not saying you, Austin. I'm saying you, the listener. I mean, you want to know. I mean, what I love football. They, Come on, yeah, now. I know. Yeah. I know, but I'm just saying you want to build your fall around football. Sure, <laughs> Let's be sure, honest. Sure. You want to know if uh, the Florida State Seminoles are playing on the same Saturday as uh, Jacksonville is playing Indianapolis and Carson Wentz. You know, mm. whatever it might be. Mm. Uh, uh, that was probably not the best example, but you get what I'm saying. So we all kind of build our world. That's just the culture we live in right now in the NFL uh, and, and college football, and football is so king. So there's plenty to look forward to. But if you really take the, the top three teams, like is Tampa the mo- one of the most entertaining teams? Like Are they the team that you'll want to see in primetime? I'm not sure I believe that. I think Kansas City is probably a team that's going to be on almost everybody's list, Austin. Of course. Uh, and, and by the way, Entertaining and what you want to see in prime time on this list doesn't necessarily mean the best teams. Correct. I, I think there will be plenty of intrigue over a team like the Chargers, who might not be the best team, but can Herbert do it again? And they do have talent, and there's interest in, in what they're doing out there in L.A. Stafford and the Rams. I don't know if I'm that interested to see Goff and the, and the Lions. I am kind of interested to see a healthy Joe Burrow and what – Cincinnati can do to build off what looked to be a promising rookie 
for Joe Burrow. So that's kind of what I'm getting at. Mm-hmm. Uh, are the Miami Dolphins an exciting team with two in year two? Because it seems like there's so much at stake. Who would you put in the conversation for most entertaining teams that you'd like to sit down and watch on a Sunday night, Monday night? Um, you know, you have to go with the classics. You have to go with the Chiefs, obviously. I would throw Tampa Bay in that category. I would throw Pittsburgh. I think with the emergence of Chase Claypool, you got Deontay Johnson, uh, Juju from from a because keep in mind, some of the time it's kind of the the, the fantasy football perspective as well. Um, so I can see the Pittsburgh Steelers being a popular team, a team that I would want to watch in terms of offensive firepower, possibly, and obviously their defense as well. Um, I think the Cleveland Browns are on that list just because of all their star power that they have. And, you know, Baker Mayfield, how good is he really? One of the best running games in the entire NFL. Um, those are the ones that really stick out to me. And, and obviously, I think the Ravens as well. You know, I mean, I think Lamar Jackson took a little step back last year during the regular season, poured it on towards the, the, the end of the year and towards the playoffs. But what is Lamar Jackson going to look like now um, that they have maybe a, another wide receiver they added? Uh, what's that offense going to look like? I mean, I think he is must-see TV with the Ravens, and especially with Baltimore being a good defense as well. So I think Baltimore is on that list. So that's those are kind of my teams that I'm, I'm leaning towards, which is crazy because I said three teams from one division. Yeah, well, it is interesting, too, because – I'll, I'll just be honest, and you, you like, um, it's funny, there's there's some good things about the teams you mentioned. I don't know if I'm interested in seeing any one of them. Hmm. Like, Cleveland, as interesting as they can be, and maybe as good as they could be, they don't strike me as entertainment value. They actually, I thought, were a little bit bland at times last year. But you like running the football and stopping the run. Well, I, I, I also I, like scoring I, I points. They, I, yeah, and they did. It's just like, the way they did it, in this day and age, wasn't like Mayfield on display, it didn't feel like to me. Hmm. Uh, you know, Baltimore, certainly Lamar Jackson's entertaining, but they're going to try also to, to beat you up. And I don't know, in the playoffs, that's attractive to me. In the regular season on a Sunday night, meh, take it or leave it. Uh, Pittsburgh's come back this year, and, and maybe the final chapter of Ben Roethlisberger. See, I don't look at this just from entertainment. I look at it from a storyline standpoint. I think that's very interesting. Uh, kind of the opposite of Tua and Miami, but but just as intriguing. Does Ben have anything left in the tank? Does Tua have anything that will hold off them changing quarterbacks almost immediately in a window where it looks like they might be pretty good otherwise on that football team with the Miami Dolphins? I mean, Arizona has to be on this list offensively, even though you know my disdain for them at times. No, Sorry, sure. ESPN 690, the desert. But with... DeAndre Hopkins, does J.J. Watt have anything left? They go get uh, Rondell Moore to go along with Kyla Murray, the shortest tandem in the history of quarterback receivers, potentially. There's a dynamic there in, in Arizona where, you know me, I've predicted that they might still finish last in the NFC West, but they might be entertaining as hell. Yeah, They might be like the most entertaining basement team ever. No, you're not wrong, for sure. And, once and I'm again, not saying not a lot of people agree with me, by the way, if they'll finish in the basement, but they yeah. certainly could. That's yeah. how good the NFC West is. Yeah, no, no, I agree with you. Um, I think that the Cardinals are going to be must-see TV. I think once they, like, I mean, honestly, this is from the primetime games, from the must-see games. Like it, to me, it's all about fantasy football and and firepower and your ability to score. Now, 
every football fan watches it for for different reasons. I mean, I like to watch the the, the highlights. I like to watch great players, and and Kyler Murray is one of those guys. Kyler Murray kind of scratched the surface last year. I feel like of what he could be. He, he got hurt towards the end of the year, and and he faltered a little bit. But obviously the Arizona Cardinals now where it's like, all right, this Cliff Kingsbury guy in terms of a storyline, I mean, you know, nobody really bought into him from the beginning, right? He kind of got gifted the job, if you will, uh, coming from USC for about a month there, comes to Arizona. It's like, can this new school guy really turn things around? And is it just a gimmick or is it the real deal? I think this is Cliff Kingsbury's chance this year to show, is he the real deal or not? I thought we had the same conversation last year with Sean McVay and the Rams. People were questioning, well, are the Rams really that good? Should we buy into Sean McVay as a head coach, or did he get lucky and go to the Super Bowl? I think last year the Rams answered the question by saying, hey, you know what? We don't have what we had when we went to the Super Bowl, but we have different weapons. We have good tight ends. We have cam Akers. So let's slow the game down a little bit. Let's go out of 12 personnel, and let's go ahead and evolve our offense. And Sean McVay did. Now there's not any questions of how good of a coach Sean McVay is on the offensive side of the ball. To me, this is Cliff Kingsbury's, you know, this is his addition this year to say, all right, you had a pretty good year last year. Can you improve off that? Can you build off that? Because yeah, it looked good sometimes, but sometimes it didn't look that good. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it it will be a really fun watch that whole entire NFC West, and of course the changing with uh, Stafford in LA. I think is is a fascinating uh, storyline. I love the storylines. Where do the Jags fit? Like, and, and by the way, I'm not trying to tell you. Hey, Austin, tell me that they are the top five team to watch, and they should be in prime time five times. That's not my 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 goal here. Are they with Urban Meyer, Trevor Lawrence? I'm not even going to throw Tebow in, but Urban Meyer, Trevor Lawrence. The upstart potentially Jags, do they have enough interest storylines, potential entertainment value to say, you know what, out of the 32 teams, I think they're in the top half. They might be 15th or 16th, or are they still kind of stuck in the bottom because they're a 1-15 and you're going to have to show me something? No, I mean, you know, there's going to be the intrigue. There's going to be the Trevor Lawrence bump for sure. But that could go away if they don't produce right away. Like, like it's going to be cool for the first couple of weeks. But if they start winning, then you got a story there. Yeah. Um, I still stand by what I said. I think it's going to be at least three primetime games with Jacksonville Jaguars. I'd, you get three, huh? I, yeah, because I, I, the over under was two and a half, and I took the over. Um, so I got three. Uh, I think you know the. I mean, we can go game by game here, but I truly think that Trevor Lawrence is that big of a deal. When you outsell Joe Burrow by, you know, two times the amount of jerseys, like that says something right there. I think the NFL takes notes of those types of things. So I think they get at least three. I'm going to say three. Um, And I think if they don't, it could be a little disappointing because there's a lot of hype around here right now. Yes, there's a lot of hype nationally for the wrong reasons in Tim Tebow, and it is what it is. But I think people are going to tune in to see what is all the hype with Trevor Lawrence. What I think is interesting is I believe TV execs in a way like to say, like uh, whether it was Tariko or Jim Nance or whoever or Joe Buck say, hey, let's go down to Jacksonville like December. The weather's good. Mm. I think the time to get Jacksonville is early because you don't know what the record's going to be. And so if you want Jacksonville in prime time, I believe the first like two months are the time to get them uh, because we just don't know. And if I'm thinking like in a TV exec, I still think it's early on that's excitement especially if you're going to match him up with Zach Wilson in the Jets or, you know, there's a lot of good quarterback matchups. I mean, from Burrow to Herbert 
to potentially Mac Jones, potentially Trey Lance. Now, Cam Newton and Jimmy G might have something to say about that. But, I mean, you could have Trevor Lawrence versus all these young quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. I mean, it could be fascinating from a quarterback. And that's what the league loves, right? They love the QB matchups. Yeah, absolutely. And I think if you're going to justify giving Cincinnati Cincinnati two games last year at primetime, with Joe Burrow, I think you can justify giving Jacksonville three primetime games with Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, I think – I don't buy they're going to get three. I think they're going to get two. Uh, I think they're going to get a Thursday nighter, and I think they're going to finally get, like, a Monday nighter. Do you know it's been since 2011? I know we've said this probably a lot over the years. 2011, since they had a Monday night football game for the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's been since 2008 since they've had a Sunday night football game. That was when I arrived. It was like week five of 2008, my first first year here in Jacksonville. I mean, that is crazy. It's been that long. I guess not surprising if you look at the record. But keep an eye on Monday night. I don't think the Jags are Sunday night material for the NFL, uh, but I do think Monday night makes a lot of sense. I could see a Monday nighter for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and I have no idea. Uh, I haven't been told anything, but I would be – I'd be surprised if they don't end up with two. I'd almost be surprised if they don't end up with a Monday nighter given Trevor Lawrence and Urban Meyer and all the potential matchups they could make. Hey, this comes in from Brian McCarthy, NFL PR guy, about the schedule. Uh, He said this four days ago. Just how big are the league's plans for the release of the NFL schedule next Wednesday night, meaning tomorrow now? I'm on a virtual meeting with 116 people, personnel from Football Ops Broadcasting Marketing, Huddle Cafe, NFL Media, PR International. 116 people. How long do you think that call lasted? That's insane. That's that's just that gives me anxiety just listening to that. That's oh ridiculous. my gosh! I mean, Zoom call. We've all been on Zoom calls, folks. Can you imagine one with 116 people chiming in? Holy cow! Mm-hmm. That would be a lot. Uh, the NFL schedule release show, uh, which by the way we'll know the schedule at eight o'clock tomorrow. And they're doing like a three-hour show on NFL Network. I think this part's cool. They have Jim Nance, Al Michaels, and Joe Buck uh, that are going to be a part of it, uh, along with some players as well. Uh, so that that should be fun. The other thing that I just saw from Brian McCarthy is John Orond, uh, who reports like sports, I think it's Sports Business Journal is what it is, but uh, he writes a lot about the business side of sports. He said uh, CBS will, CBS 2, they'll announce its week one NFL schedule Wednesday morning on CBS this morning. So, and McCarthy said, John's cracked the code. Big push with our network partners to promote the 2021 NFL schedule, which will be released 8 o'clock Wednesday. Uh, so they're actually kind of slowly revealing. So tomorrow morning, if I'm reading this correctly, they will have on CBS the Week 1 NFL schedule. Now, Fox Sports will break its Week 1 NFL slate on Fox News, Fox and & Friends, uh, and FS1 in the morning as well. So I got a good idea by about the time you have your second cup of coffee in the morning, yeah. you'll know who the Jaguars are playing Week 1 of the NFL season. We already believe, uh, or we know from the Athletic, that they're playing a home game in London. Uh, and we don't know who exactly, although in the Athletic it said keep an eye on the Dolphins for that. So tomorrow it will be a puzzle piece of a day, piecing together the Jaguars' schedule well, yeah, until man. it comes out at 8. But it's it's that That's kind stressful. of fun day, isn't it? <laughs> uh, yeah, for sure. It's stressful at, at the end of the day. Uh, listen, of all the time and effort that went into this whole thing, they better start controlling the leaks a little more because people are already starting to leak the schedule here. Have you um, seen some? Oh, yeah. Oh, really? Yes. Just it saying. is fun for the Jacks. Uh, no, so uh, according to Danny Perkins, who is um, he's verified, I'm not getting, you know, he actually follows me too. That's cool. Um, How about me? Does he follow me? Danny. 
Mm, I don't no. think so. <laughs> Sorry, dude. Um, Who's but, Danny Perkins? No, so, but he's on six. Well, he's got he's got more followers than me. You combined. Um, oh. But he's on six seventy. The score in Chicago. He's released that uh, Chicago will be opening in L.A. on Sunday Night Football. It gives the opportunity for the Rams to showcase their stadium. Uh, so okay. Bears, Rams, Sunday Night Football, Week One. Well, why take that for how you want of, it? The showcase of the stadium, though. I mean, is that imp- they they opened last year? Is that because they might have full crowd? Well, I think because I mean, yeah, they showcased it, but they get to showcase it with fans. So it's but like yeah, the, it's yeah. like the official opening of the you. stadium. Yeah, there'll be a little bit of that you would think this year, right? A little bit of a hey, maybe to Las Vegas and also to the the LA stadium. Yeah. To kind of say, hey, you know, we didn't get to kind of unveil this in full last year because of the pandemic. So, uh, it, it's it's fascinating. You know, there are people doing mock schedules. Maybe we should shock your mock schedule. Hmm. <laughs> little, I got some. I have some T-shirts. I have some T-shirts left over. I'm sure because you're not, you're not giving them to the fans that wanted them when they did shock your mock machine. Other than <laughs> bring it back, the shock master. Oh man, I missed shock. that. I missed that. That's how you and got. Kuz Come on, keep it up, Kuz. Ver- and Kuz wants a reggae version next year. I want that so bad. Oh man, who knows? Maybe we'll go country music with it. Just start we'll, listening to Bob Marley for like. Three months. Oh, dude, way ahead of you, man. I mean, come on. Yeah. Peter Tosh, Bob Marley, the yeah. way I got you, man. I got I you. I thought about doing this either tonight or tomorrow. And, Austin, maybe we should do this, uh, depending on where I'm at. Mm-hmm. or maybe. But I was going to go to the dartboard in the Action Sports Jack's office, and I was going to put every, um, like, uh, every team as a number that the Jags will play. Okay. So 17. How many things are on a dartboard, by the way? How many numbers? Yeah. 20. Is it 20? Yes. Okay. Uh, so I go 20 on a, on a dartboard. So i really got to put 17 because obviously there's only 17 games. Okay. And uh, I'm just going to throw a dart. Okay. And 17 darts, or i got to hit 17, however long it takes me to hit 17 of them. But in Five the order, hours, yep. Right? <laughs> Five hours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, shorter time than you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, uh, and then put... That's week one, week two, week three, whoever I hit first. Sure. What do you I think? I like that, man. That's yeah, going to be really not. problematic if I go back-to-back like Indianapolis. Well, you know? I was going to say, like, <laughs> that was, I was going to say, if you hit them back-to-back, that could be an issue then because probably not. But I like what you're doing with that. People are, think- are going to try to say you're, you're copying TikTok, though. you got to be careful. Is that a TikTok thing? Well, so people on TikTok trying to get followers, what they do is they, they write every one of their followers' name on the wall. And then at night, they'll throw a dart. That's one video. They'll throw a dart, and whatever that dart hits, they Venmo that person on TikTok $5, and you have to be bored, huh? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, that is, these listen, days, huh? I've thought about buying you people as listeners in the past. Maybe we shock <laughs> your mock shirts. But that's over the top on that's, TikTok. That's I'm not sending ridiculous. anybody five bucks on Venmo to follow me on TikTok. How much, how much was that shipping to London, though, <laughs> for uh, shock your mock shirt? So, yeah. what, so yeah. what are we really talking about here? Steph, how much was the shipping to London? Sixteen bucks. Sixteen dollars. That's that's three followers on <laughs> that TikTok. That could have been that could have been three videos. Three and followers on no, TikTok. No, 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 no. That could have been three videos, and then who knows how many followers you would have gotten because other people would go, oh, I need to be following him for a chance to win. Uh, how many ah. people? How many people do I need to start making money off TikTok? Ten thousand. Ten thousand. That's it. Well, you, you need ten thousand to join their creator fund, yes. Really? But you well, mm. so it's you need ten thousand followers, and then you have to have a hundred thousand people reached with your videos in the last thirty days, and you have mm. to be over eighteen. 
Maybe those people aren't as dumb as I think they are, Austin. <laughs> no, Maybe man, I'll try this starting hey, tonight. They haven't made in the shade. But what we should really be talking about is what is Tony Khan going to do for the Jaguars announcement during AEW tomorrow? Because we got two priorities here. We got AEW. We have the schedule release. That'd be awesome. So like I wonder if, if Tony Jaguars, Khan does something. It'd be awesome if the Jags like held one game and they announced it like during AEW. Yeah, like, uh, that would be pretty cool. I like, wonder what they're going to do. Oh, by the way, the primetime game, October 17th. Yep. And give me a wrestler. Like, he, he can come out and say it. Uh, what's his name? The, you can guy? name one. Uh, MJF. Come on, Cody Cruz. Rhodes. Cody oh, Rhodes. There it is. Yeah, that's a good one. It's a good one. <laughs> that's a good one. Yep. Yep. Uh, who's, who's the other two that came in? Um, uh, well, you got Hangman Page, MJF, you yep. know. Yep. 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 Uh, okay, I'm going to stop doing that. No, but anyway, I, I did wait, not. Wait, wait, uh, I have it. So, you have MJF come out to announce your MNF Monday oh, Night Football Coos. game. Because you've been in the business oh. a long time. There it You're is, so man. good at this. There it is, man. And, and so wrestling fans would probably revolt and riot <laughs> at uh, Bailey's place. It is um, It's a fun day with the schedule. But just to let you know one thing, Kuz, I just want to clarify. I had, did not get the idea of the dartboard. From TikTok, <laughs> okay. So if it happened to kind of coincide with the TikTok way, um, I'm not on TikTok, at least not yet. So <laughs> I'm not creating be, ideas yet from there. Yeah. I kind of thought my idea was a pretty good one. I just got to figure out if that's a. I just want to see how close I'd come. Like the blind draw, basically, is what that is. Sure, sure. I like it. I, I have no idea. I saw some people on Twitter actually spending time putting the draft together, like what it, I'm sorry, the uh, schedule together, what it would look like. I mean, shoot, they run that thing like a thousand times through a computer, people. Why would you even mess around with that? Oh, yeah, but, I mean, the, the same can be said for, like, doing mock drafts for the regular draft as well, though. Because Yeah, especially like a seven-rounder, right? It's it's never It never pans out the way, it, you know, you hope no. it does. No, not even close. Do you know who, like, did, was there somebody that kind of nailed most of the mock drafts this year? No, but are you talking about from Shock Your Mock? No, 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 I'm saying oh. from, uh, well, yeah, that's a good point, too. Like, nobody nobody from Shock Your Mock, right? Like, yeah. I don't even know if we got two right. Nobody, yeah. Like, I mean, who had Cisco? Who had Campbell? Yeah. Who had, Wa- well, actually, Farrell? I did see Walker Luke Little Fer- a couple times. I-, I saw Walker Little. I saw Will Luke Farrell. Farrell. Like, no, Luke Farrell. Is it Luke Farrell? <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, people had Will Farrell probably oh, no, on Shock yeah, Your Mock. For sure, better than Luke Farrell. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's not even comparable. Like, they're, they're at least batting 200. Like, there's no way anybody came close. <laughs> uh, I was thinking more like the national media, like the people who do it. Did anybody have like a pretty good run? You know what? If they did, they, they would have told us about it. Yeah, they would have. You're right. It's been kind because of quiet, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely would have. Uh, all right. Uh, I did have uh, another thought on Tim Tebow, a, a quick one. We talked a lot about that yesterday, but a quick thought on Tim Tebow since everybody was talking about it the last 24 hours. But did they bring up this? It's coming up next on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. That is Mark Dominic, former general manager of the Tampa Bay Bucks, now an analyst. And those are some interesting thoughts on Tebow. One I'll tell you that I cringe at and I'm kind of tired of. It's like, whoa, only help the fan base. I mean, it's such a go-to to the national media to do that. Now, listen. If we're being honest, sure, there are Tebow fans here that might go that wouldn't normally go just to see it. And, I mean, I think we're being a little bit naive if we don't think that could be the case. 
but in terms of the masses, Tebow, first of all, Jacksonville doesn't need that. The tickets are fine, all that stuff. But I just hate that it's a go-to. It has to be slid in by the national media at every chance they get to say something about the fan base. Uh, it, it really should be just, yeah, it might be kind of a thing that, that might be entertaining and also appealing to some. But you also have to admit that it's not appealing to others. And that's been the basis of the last 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Like, this is not like... This is not universally approved in the city limits or outside the city limits of Jacksonville. Like, even the national media, Austin, doesn't get that. Like, they don't understand. Not everybody in Jacksonville wants to see this happen. In fact, there's a lot of people in Jacksonville that it sounds like don't want to see this happen. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, to me, the issue comes down to, and I'll be honest, I didn't foresee um, the national media picking up this story like they did. Like, I thought it would be talked about for a day, and then we go about our ways. But, like, this Tim Tebow story right now, it is the story of the NFL. That's it, It's that big. He still has that much power. I think where people in the national media or people even, you know, on here in, in Jacksonville, where the problem stems from is that there's a sense that he he bypassed the process because of somebody that he knows, an Urban Meyer. Now, like, like I said before, I, I really don't care. It, it is what it is. But he got essentially the golden ticket because his former coach from college coaches the team now. And I think that rubs people the wrong way a little bit. Now, once again, we're talking about the third or fourth tight end spot. So is it really that big of a deal in the long run? Probably not. But then when it's Tim Tebow, that obviously comes with more, um, you know, it, it comes more scrutiny. It comes with more optimism if, you, if you're if you about it. But it just it highlights the situation. So that to me is where people I think are a little perturbed of saying, well, did he really earn that spot or did he get it because of Urban Meyer? Yeah. And I, and I do think that's, you know, cer- certainly would he have this opportunity with the Seattle Seahawks? No, I, I would say probably not. Uh, I think that while that's a fair criticism, I also will come back to the story that I said. I, I, I said this to some folks last night, too, when asked about it. I said, as much as that's a fair criticism, I also think if this was some kid from North Dakota that's coming in after a few years off and trying it and just getting a, a, a workout and they're going to sign him for a little bit with no guarantees of a roster spot, I think we would say, that's kind of a cool story. Let's see if he can do it. So I yeah. now you attach Tim Tebow. Again, you can have – both sides, but I'm telling you, if this is a guy we never talked about, at least from us in the media standpoint, I'd be like all over it as a cool story. You know, I, I mean, I would think, hey, guy played before, coming back, played a different sport, now he's he thinks he can make it, still at the age of 33, Jags have nobody in their tight end room, really. <laughs> I mean, sure. all right, let's try it. What the heck? You know, I, I wouldn't be frowning upon it. And so I think both sides are okay to mention. Like, it's it's a fair criticism. Would that guy in South Dakota get the opportunity with the Jacks? I don't know. Uh, maybe not. Would Tim Tebow get an opportunity in Seattle? Probably not. But I still think I'd be entertained by the idea of it. And there's no harm. Like, there really is no harm. The question that I don't think has been asked, and I thought this was interesting from Dominic. When he was in Tampa, he asked them for a workout with Tebow back in 2010 when Tebow was coming out and saying, hey, we think this is your natural position. Will you come work out for us? Like, we would like you to be a part of our team, potentially. Mm-hmm. We would. We think you can play in the NFL. We just think you're better suited to play the tight end position. And he even went as far to say, 
you know, there's a thought that I think he might have had a decade career in the NFL and still be playing potentially had he done that. That was an interesting comment from Dominic. And what it what crossed my mind, Austin, is there's so much conversation about this, about Tebow. It, it's such a hot-button issue. People like to go back and forth, Jacksonville and beyond. It's on all the shows like you mentioned. But has anybody said, hey, what if he can do it? <laughs> like, what if he's halfway decent at it? He's a really good athlete who potentially should have been playing this position from day one at this kind of level. And although he hasn't played in a long time, you know he's putting work in, and everybody puts work in. But can we? is that an okay question to ask? Like, what if he can do it? What if he can play a little special teams? What if they can use him in a variety of roles? But what if he can also catch passes and be a legitimate tight end in the NFL? Like, are we allowed to ask that question? Like, what if it did work? No, you can absolutely ask it. And then if he does work out and he's a decent tight end, then so be it. Urban Meyer got one. Fantastic. I guess my issue stems from, and I can't believe I'm saying this, because I think Urban Meyer is hip enough to the game that he would understand what I'm about to say, but it warrants being brought up because I, I need, need to make sure that all bases are covered here. You're bringing in Tim Tebow. Okay. That's obviously, it's going to come with a circus, a bigger circus than I even imagined, but right now people are talking about it. That means that players in that locker room will be asked about it. That means that Urban Meyer will be asked about it. Not just one day, but probably day in and day out. Now, I'm not worried about that having an effect on the team. It is what it is. Like you said, if, if Tim Tebow pans out to be a good tight end, then I guess it was all worth it. Where my issue comes from, though, it's let's play, I'm going to play devil's advocate. Let's say Tim Tebow doesn't work out. And let's say that Urban Meyer's got to cut him. Is he willing to cut him? Or does he find a place on the team and say, hey, you know what? Maybe he's good on special teams. Maybe we can run gadget plays and things like that. Because if that locker room sees it, you're going to lose that locker room. Because I'm not under the caveat, I'm under the narrative that Tim Tebow is coming in for this locker room and to spread the message of Urban Meyer. Okay, like you're you're a backup tight end. I, I don't know how much um, pull or how much intrigue you can have on that locker room, I'll be honest. The locker rooms that I was in, the guys that I always gravitated to and the guys that the guys in the locker room gravitated to were the, were the skilled guys. They, they were the pro bowlers. They were the all pros because they're good at their craft. You know, like when we had Aaron Campman, when, when we had Daryl Smith, when we had Puzz, like those are the guys that made the difference. I don't think Tim Tebow can come in day one and make the difference in that locker room. And if you need a guy like Tim Tebow to come in and, and elevate your team and motivate your team, then are you should you be playing football in the first place? Probably not. But the issue that I have with this is with Urban Meyer is if he essentially gets the golden ticket and he gets the roster spot and for some reason he didn't earn it, that's going to spread around the locker room. And that's not going to be good because guys are going to watch that. Guys are going to see that. And if you hand somebody a handout and say, hey, you know, congratulations, you're on the team, I think that could rub people the wrong way. So what I hope happens, once again, I'm just speaking in speculation right now, but two things are going to happen. Either Tim Tebow is going to come up, he's not going to be that good at tight end, and, okay, he gets let go. Or he's going to be good, he earns his spot, and he, he, he gets that roster spot. So be it. I don't want to see the latter, and I don't want to see the third option where we're on the fence, but it's Tim Tebow, so let's give him a shot anyways because that's going to rub the locker room the wrong way. Yeah, I actually think that's the only way the locker room kind of gets rubbed the wrong way. I think there's so much an over uh, – the overdone narrative is about the locker room and Tebow and how's it going to be and all this stuff. But to your point, that would 
potentially do something, not only to this locker room, but around the NFL. You know, and Urban Meyer may have to be careful with that part of it. I honestly believe Urban Meyer has no problem cutting Tim Tebow. If he's not good enough to do it, that's part of this. Like, they know that. Tebow knows that. Uh, and so, I, I I don't think that part of it's hard. I do think what you just said, okay, does he get some kind of position either elsewhere in the building or just even a special teams thing if it doesn't work out? I, I think that would be... Um, that would be a danger zone for Urban Meyer in this context. So we got to let some of it play out. Uh, I got a few questions on Tebow and an email. I'll share them with you and, and get your thoughts real quick uh, when we come back, and then we'll move on from the Tebow front. But it continues to be a talker. So guess what? I back mean, for Shacks on ESPN. We talked Trevor Lawrence for three months straight. We can't <laughs> talk Tim Tebow for two days straight. What are we doing? I know. I know. Uh, we'll do it. Right. <laughs> I'll, tell you, I'll share this email, uh, which is kind of interesting, but I think it's all relative to one topic and, and what we just touched on briefly. We'll do it when we come back. ESPN six nine. I don't know if Tim Tebow can play tight ends in the year 2021, but I do know this. Uh, he has not played a snap in a regular season game since 2012. For point of reference, the number one song in America in 2012 was Godie, <laughs> somebody that I used to know, which incidentally, to Ryan's point, is why Tim Tebow has this job, because yes. he's somebody that I admire used to know. Um, I've heard the argument that he's being brought in for leadership. I would raise the question, why not as a coach then, right, where you're not taking a roster spot? And look, Tim Tebow could prove us all wrong. He could be awesome at tight end at the age of 33, playing the position in the NFL for the first time. That would be wonderful. But all we have to work on is what we know, and what we know is nothing. And it's not good to know nothing. Um, Is that Mina Kimes? Yes. Nice. Do you know what song they're referencing, though? But you didn't have to cut me off. Oh, yeah, I now that you sang it, I know it. Something, nothing, me were nothing. <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> I don't even, yeah, that one, Cruz? Yes, that one. The only reason I know that is because when I was in Indianapolis at the Super Bowl, um, for Super Bowl weekend, they had a, a trivia contest where uh, they played the song. If you could guess the artist, you won a prize, and I guessed the artist. Godier? Or yeah, Godier. Yeah. Yep, Godier. One Hit Wonders. One Hit Wonders. Uh, many of them. Uh, all right, back to Tebow for a moment. I got this email yesterday at the station. It's got <laughs> it says, for, I was a little surprised. So I don't know what shows they're talking about, like if it's radio or TV. He said, I watch your shows and cannot believe your opinions on Tebow joining the Jaguars. Mm-hmm. Well, on TV, I don't really give many opinions. I'm just kind of telling you the story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, on radio, we'll probably have some opinions. So I don't know where this gentleman was watching. But here's a few questions for you, and then he gives me six. Okay. So I'm going to read them down quickly because I think they're kind of relatable. How does Trevor become the leader in the locker room with Tebow running around? Okay. Is Tebow going to report to Urban what is happening in the locker room? How do you think all the new players in <laughs> Spy? Snitching? Tim yes. Tebow comes in snitching? I like How do it. you think all the new players and draftees going to feel about him coming in to help establish the culture? Apparently they can't do it themselves. What happens if Trevor struggles, as a lot of rookies do? Is Tebow going to be the chance to replace him? He is overshadowing everything, including the player donation to his school today, and 
in the news. So how is that good for PR for a team when it means Tebow news is more important than a player's donation to his school? I think he was talking about C.J. Henderson donating yeah, uh, to his high school. There is no good way for Tebow to be used as anything regarding the QB position. You're undercutting a young rookie, and how does that help with confidence? So those are the six questions. Okay. Very locker room-centric questions. Sure. And also, I, I don't know if there's – it didn't – I, I don't know if there was a great understanding that he's going to play tight end because there's a lot of QB questions involved. But the locker room questions are interesting about Tebow. And I go back to the, the minor league stuff because I really, I've read a lot and seen a lot, and we went and covered some of those, where the, the, the people would rave about him as a teammate, how he just tried to blend in. Um, I don't know if that's possible for Tebow to do here in Jacksonville. I don't know if he could just blend in. But I think Tebow's kind of, if and he, he's already done it a little bit at the minor league level, yeah. uh, in pro baseball, I think he can. And, again, let's be honest. From a football standpoint, Trevor Lawrence is a bigger star even in Jacksonville, isn't he? No, for sure. Yeah. So I don't think it's as hard as people – I think the people on the outside are going to want to make the locker room stuff a bigger story. First of all, I don't see Tebow being the, the report to Urban Meyer's snitch. That's what's suggested. That would be funny. <laughs> well, yeah. It kind of goes along with your video, by the way, yesterday. Which one? <laughs> oh, the, yeah, 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 something like it. Yeah, yeah I got you. Like yeah. Uh, but any, any valid points in the in the questioning? I mean, heck, man, that was six of them. Um, I'm trying to think. Like, listen, he's not going to be a problem in the locker room. Is he going to help the locker room? I, I, I don't think so. I think he's just going to be a guy in the locker room, and, and that's fine. Um, you know, the, the, there could be distractions once again because of all the media questions, and hopefully Urban Meyer can corral that and, and make sure that his guys are, are cool with that. So uh, that doesn't that doesn't bother me at all. Um, can you go through just the, the list of six real quick again? What the 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 problems were, or what the yes. questions were? Uh, yes, I can. Uh, I was busy tweeting while you were talking. Uh, mm-hmm. Here we go. How does Trevor become the leader in the locker room with Tebow running around? That's Is that, not, a, that's that's not that's, an issue. That's not an issue, right? No, no. Uh, is Tebow going to report to Urban what has happened in the locker room? That's kind of laughable. I, yeah. Not uh, how do you think all the new players and draftees are going to feel about him coming to establish a culture? Apparently, they can't do it themselves. I, it, it takes 53, right? I mean, it's, there's not one person. Even Trevor Lawrence can't do it by himself. Yeah, I'm not worried about that either. Um, let's see. Uh, what happens if Trevor struggles, as a lot of rookies do? Is Tebow going to be the chance to replace him? We that, asked this yesterday. Is, is that a real thing? Yes. I, is it? Yeah, well, it's going to happen out of a joke, I think. Yeah. If Trevor Lawrence struggles, more than likely this team is going to be talking about maybe three or four wins this season. So the the, the season's going to be in shambles, you know, and it is what it is. So when, when it's week 11, week 12, yeah, I bet if you're playing at home, you're going to hear some Tebow's chance just as a joke, though. Yeah, I, I don't think this is Kyle Orton-esque, though. No, but it's just if you have a you know a, a failing and losing season, fans got to find the, the light somehow, and that's yeah, yeah. cracking jokes, and that's chanting Tim Tebow I, um, you know, during a game. I'll say this, Austin. If he were to be on a roster, and they, the, the way I see his name being chanted is almost to the point we want to see him do something fun. <laughs> you know, yeah. like put him in, in a, a gimmicky play or a trick play, and we want to see Tebow. Like, not to replace Trevor Lawrence, but we want – we're here to watch. We're here to be entertained. Let's see Tebow, like that kind of uh, chant. Uh, he's overshadowing everything, including player donation. Listen, Tebow's going to be a big story. Um, I'm not sure how much love nationally the C.J. Henderson donation, although very nice to his school of $250,000, would get anyway. Yeah. Uh, no, for sure. 
There is no good way for Tebow to be used as anything regarding the QB position. You're undercutting a young rookie. There's there's no the, the only it's not undercutting. The only question and debatable item is what you just you have said is I don't want to see Trevor Lawrence walk off the field on any play yeah, in look, 2021. At the end of the day, Coos, you've been on Space Mountain. I don't think it's even have, a thing yeah. anymore. Yeah, it All is. Right. Is it still a thing? I thought yeah. they like to shut it down. Okay. No, it's still there. Here's you always the thought you were going to hit your head. Very true. But here's the thing about Space Mountain. When you got on it, you didn't question what turns coming up next, what loop-to-loops coming up next. You just go with the flow. This is what Tim Tebow is right now. Okay? Just let's see what happens. Let's have fun with it because you can have fun with it. You're entitled to have fun in the NFL if you're a Jaguars fan. Let's have fun with it, and let's see what happens. He's not taking away from Trevor Lawrence. He's not taking anybody's shine away. So let's just see. And once again, as I've stated many times on the show before, I don't care if it's too early or not, if Tim Tebow does take out Trevor Lawrence during the game, well, then you go from Space Mountain to riding the teacups. And the the teacups aren't fun. You just spin until you throw up. All right? I don't want to see that happen, and neither do Jaguars fans. So I'm on Space Mountain now. I don't know what's going to happen next. I appreciate the ride. It's fun. It's exhilarating, and I don't want to go on the teacups. Enjoy the ride because it's a long wait unless you get the fast pass for Space Mountain. We'll be back football at 5 coming up. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690.